Uh, it was probably about two years ago uh, when I first met our special guest, uh, who I'll bring up to the stage here in just a moment. Uh, he had come into town, and he was uh, sharing his ministry uh, from his homeland, and uh, he and I just connected in a very real way. We had the opportunity to spend the day together that day. We kept in touch online, and our relationship continued to develop uh, so much so that when our Christmas Eve offering uh, came around uh, that year, I suggested that our church give that offering to his ministry. Well, you guys went so far beyond expectation with that. The generosity of this church and God's grace to us in that way allowed us to be able to partner with his ministry in a very significant way. And we've kept that partnership up. We've continued that. And so we also gave half of last year's Christmas Eve offering to the ministry uh, that, that Samuel has. And it's just been so exciting for our church to be able to partner in this way with a very real ministry serving people on the other side of the world. And we are just so thankful for that. And so without further ado, can we give a Fellowship Baptist Church family and friends warm welcome to Pastor Samuel from Masaka, Uganda. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. All right, have a seat. So, yeah, we've been looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this conversation that you, this is for you if you'd like it, oh, thank uh, you. that you and I are going to have here today, and I'm going to let you do the majority of the, the talking, Samuel, which is rare for me, by the way, to let someone else do the majority of the talking. Yeah. But I'm going to uh, <laughs> just ask you some questions to kind of guide the, here. the conversation here a little bit. Is your mic on? Talk for a moment. What? Speak for a moment. Is he on? Can you hear? Can you Hello, hear family fellowship. Good. All right. <laughs> Samuel, you have something that you often say about yeah. Uganda, and it's that Uganda is the land where God lives. Of course, because God is a consuming fire. He resides in hot climates. <laughs> he visits here in summertime, but he's he here stay, in, in, but then he leaves. He leaves and gets. <laughs> I don't know if this fits with our theology, Samuel. <laughs> but no, no, no. I understand you, what you're saying. I've tried to get Samuel to maybe think about coming back in February, but so far he's resistant to that. But Samuel, start off and just tell us a little bit about Uganda. Tell us about your homeland. Uh, first of all, I'm so grateful to be here at Fellowship Baptist Church, and I'm so grateful for your love. It has to be Christ's love in you to reach out to my own community where you've never been, and I'm so grateful to God. Uganda is a beautiful land. I Sir Winston Churchill called it the Pearl of Africa uh, because of the good climate. The average temperature is 80 degrees throughout the year. We have the biggest, second largest freshwater lake in the world after Asperia. That's Lake Victoria. Uh, the green vegetation, the wildlife you will never find anywhere else. Uganda is a beautiful land. Very hospitable people, rich culture. Many languages, because we have many tribes. If you drive 40 miles, you may learn in a new language altogether. But English is our official language. Yeah. Tell us your personal story growing up in Masaka and how you grew up there and what your life was like before Jesus and how you met Jesus. I think it's a big, uh, it's a, somehow a sad story that I'm a family of 10 and uh, I grew up in the village Rio deep down in my own community in Masaka. And for just a brief recap of my beginnings, and I think when I, when I was born, 
um, I found myself sleeping on the floor. I think uh, my uncle used to be a hunter. He would go in the bush and hunt animals and they would come with skins and those were the mattresses by then. These are humble beginnings. And I think my first time to have a mattress was when I was at college. I first put on my shoes when I was in high school. That was the kind of life I grew up with. But my father used to go to church. But of course, we would do some witchcraft as well. We would do some little things, you know what I mean? But he was not strong in, in Christ, you know. Like, and when I became a teenager, I became resistant to the gospel. I never wanted to do anything with Jesus. But till at some point, when someone witnessed to me about Christ, we nearly fought uh, because of my background, because of the, what I had gone through. But then uh, he invited me to church. At first, I, I refused. I said, I'm not stupid. You guys have uh, been brainwashed. I don't like to do anything with Christ. But then uh, he said, Samuel, we have a party at church. I said, party? I love to party anyway. So I came to church because of a party. Indeed, they played their guitars. The music was a little bit good, but I never wanted their stuff. I was waiting for the party. And the party arrived. It was a baptism service. We had some snacks and eats. I said, wow, this church is so good like this. They even eat something there. Then my, a friend who invited me told me, even next Sunday, there's another party, Samuel. I came. Again, it was the same. Baptism service, some eats and what? Fellowship. I said, wow. In the Baptist church, we call those potluck dinners. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Then the third Sunday, I never waited to be invited. I took myself. I went to that church. I was age 22 by then. And this time, there was no party. There was a preacher. He spoke about hell, spoke about heaven. He spoke about the judgment morning. I was scared to death. We were about 100 people. And then he said, is there anyone among you that can commit his life to Christ? Every eye closed. Bow your heads. And then I raised my hand like this. I didn't know that he was watching me. I thought all of, all of us were closing our eyes. Then he said, young man, come here. <sighs> he called me. First time to stand this way. And then he led me to confession. And then they laid hands on me. But nothing changed much. But I had made a commitment. And then by then I'd graduated as a teacher and I went back to my school. I was teaching. Everybody was talking about me. Samuel Rainmad. Samuel became a Christian. Samuel became. I said, what have I done? And there were two ladies. One Polly, I will never forget. And Rebecca. Polly told me, don't be fooled up. We don't get saved. Remain the way you are. Okay. Then Rebecca. I met Rebecca at another point. Rebecca said, you have made the best decision that you will never regret in all your life. After two months, Rebecca died as she was giving birth. And her words stuck into my heart. Then I left the police message. I stuck on Rebecca that I made the best decision of my life. Within that short time, I was baptized. And I will never forget the pastor taught us a song. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. All things have passed away. I'm born again. I'm more than a conqueror. That's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. That's, that song has been ringing in my heart for the last 24 years. 
I thank God for the transformation that happened to me on August 2nd, 1997. Amen. Amen. Then I got the difference between being a churchgoer and committing your life totally to Christ. How did you then know, brother, that you were called to the ministry? How did uh, that happen? You're called to the pastor. Now, when I, I, I gave my life to Christ, I developed a kind of passion for the things of God. I was way away from, away from God, but then now this time, I wanted anything to do with God. And one day my pastor said, I want you to fast for a week, seven days, and God is going to do something in your life. Okay, 12, day, 12 hours without food, that was simple for me. I fasted. But on the third day, at 3 p.m., I was laying on my bed as if I fell asleep and I had a voice. I had never had that voice in my life. The voice said, Samuel, Samuel, is your mother saved? Preach the gospel. But by then, my mom had departed from my dad because of the beatings and because of the alcohol. But she had gone to her place and she had gone and saved. And this voice said, is your mother saved? My mom had already been saved. Then I talked to one Christian sister. She told me, God has called you. In the future, you will serve him. And a nation is a mother. You will be a preacher to your own nation. Mm. That's how I got to know that God had called him in ministry. Then I shared with my pastor, and the pastor worked alongside me, discipled me. You could even follow up me where I was, teaching and giving me some lessons, the best of the foundations of our faith. And he would even give me some time to preach. And I remember the first time he told me to preach, I went at his office and picked a tape, <laughs> a cassette tape. I placed in, I played, I posed, I wrote the words. I played, I paused, I wrote the words, and on that Sunday, I stood with my words. Within seven minutes, I'd already done my sermon. I just read it. <laughs> but then he said, you've done great. Another Sunday, he gave me another opportunity. Then I landed on a magazine. I read the magazine to the church, and I, I, I feared looking at people. I would just look at this. But then slowly by slowly, the pastor saw that there's a gift in my life, he sent the Bible College at Africa Theological Center for Evangelism and Missions. And I graduated. And on coming back, he said, take over the ministry. <laughs> so I became the senior pastor of that ministry. It's now over 18 years being a pastor. I don't know if you caught what he just said, but he said he came back from his Bible training to the church and the senior pastor left and left him in charge. <laughs> I love that. There's just another longer story about that because I preached the few sermons I learned from the college yeah. and then they were over. I would run to other pastors. Would you give me something to speak? <laughs> Until I prayed to God, Lord, you can give me what to feed the people. Yeah, you it, don't preach like that anymore. Do no, you? no, 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 no. I, I wait so. on God to give me a word to speak to the people. Well, I think we could probably talk about your personal story all morning, but <laughs> tell us about Bethel Community Outreach Ministries. What's your mission there? What is the goal of Bethel? Yeah, Bethel Community Outreach Ministries was, was birthed out of the need I saw in my community. Some of you, HIV AIDS has killed many people in Africa, I think, and other parts of the world, but majorly in Uganda, it was massacre. I witnessed the need in my own community and I decided to reach out. I resigned from my school. I was teaching and stayed at the church as a pastor. But then I had a vision of a school. But we had no structures. And then 2002, I announced my village community that we're going to help kids go to school. And people said, where is the school? And I said, the school is here. Where is the school? And that was at a tree. 
We started from nowhere in 2002, reaching out to the needy and poor children of the community. It's now over many years since then, we've seen lives touched. And then later on the following year, we registered as, we registered as a nonprofit, and our mission is touching lives, transforming communities in Africa. Our goal is building hub for community transformation, and our slogan is always, together we can make a difference. So this is a ministry that was birthed from you, Masaka, without any hand upon us. And we've been trusting God that one day God will bring friends alongside to dream with us. With Bethel Community Outreach, we work under four areas. Education, provision of education to needy and often children of the community. Then we do, under this, we already have a project school, over 230 kids whom we care for. And then secondly, we have Wells of Life. With Wells of Life under Bethel Community Outreach, we reach out to villages that can't access clean water. Personally, I grew up drinking dirty water. We would share water with animals and we'd get sick all the time. But then we reached out to the villages and then we drill wells. We manually drill wells like 100 feet deep down. And then we fix the pipes and then people can get clean water. We've been able to do that. Number three, we would feed, feed my lambs. In my community, there are people that are very hungry. I hope they should be also this way, but also in my own community. So we reach out to feed the hungry people. And then number three, we have a ministry called Lasting Impact. With the Lasting Impact, we reach out to pastors. There are many pastors in Uganda that have never attended the Bible school. And that's why we have the wrong gospel that is moving on in my own community the prosperity, whatever stuff. I believe God prospers, but the way they present it, oh, oh. And I desire to train pastors. Not only that, but to help them. Most of you, here is heaven on earth here. Beautiful church, you can even lay prostrate on the ground and kneel. Wow. But if you happen to come to my community, you even wonder whether we worship the same God. I desire to build churches. Gaddafi left billions of dollars to propagate Islam in my country. And in every village, there is a magnificent mosque. Mm. Then you find the Christian church is grassy-thatched, looking very sorry. I desire to bring change in those communities. So, wait a minute. <laughs> I think I've spoken about Bethel Community Outreach. Have I forgotten anything? You are doing wonderful. So, education, feed my lambs, wells of life, then lasting impact. But then I'm so grateful. It was two years ago when I got into contact with Pastor Kevin and Pastor Kevin brought me to Pastor Thomas. Thomas is such a great man. And he introduced me to the Port, uh, Blue Water Festival, something like that, Operation Transformation. And then I happened to be working with a guy I didn't know very well, but he was jolly and smiling and I didn't know that he would become a great friend. And I'm so overwhelmed by the love if I would tell you, I founded the ministry myself. I know the pain I've gone through over the years. And we've not seen any ministry coming along our side overwhel overwhelmingly like Fellowship Baptist Church. The day I was told that we received, was it 10,000 plus? I nearly fainted because this was God coming to arrest you. If you would look at our school the way it is now, we didn't have a school library. A teacher would just hand one book. We have 40 kids in the class. 
and you have to write with the chalk on, 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 on the blackboard for every kid to copy. Now, today, a kid can have a textbook and the teacher is just guiding open page 22 and all the little kids are opening page 22. Beautiful. We had never seen that in our lives. And I have a testimony. We have fellowship rivalry at Bethel Learning Center. Secondly, we didn't have play gadgets. I sometimes feel jealous when I walk around in a community. There are play gadgets around. I say, oh, you go to people's yards. They have play gadgets for the kids. But our school didn't have any. And even in the entire community of Masaka, where I live, you can't find public gadgets where kids can play from. But through the generosity of the people, we were frugal to put some play gadgets in place, to put a school library, to first sleep our school, our school, to put some concrete floor because whenever it rains, it would be muddy and kids would walk into the classroom with mud everywhere. Now we have a concrete compound. Part of it is concrete, which is very good. Not only that, feeding kids, feeding kids. At one time, kids had no food. I got them in one room. I told them, kids, there was no smoke at 10, no smoke at 11, no smoke at noon. That means there's no food. Can we pray to the God who can provide? These little kids knelt down. They raised their hands in Africa. Others began to cry, God, where shall we eat? That day, God miraculously provided. Now, we've lived with a life of like, today we shall eat, tomorrow we shall not. But I thank God that when I shared with Pastor Terry about a desire to buy land so that we may grow our own food, you responded positively. And now we have four and a half acres of land. We can grow our beans, our corn. Now we planted matoke, which is our green banana. You, you eat yellow banana, we eat green banana. We grow peas. It's like a life supply. Myself, I dig from 8 a.m. with a hand hole up to 5. We do with our teachers too. We also carry our children as well, the, them that are big enough, because in Africa, we want to pass on what we do to the young generation. They don't, they don't have just eat from the table not knowing where food comes from. That's it. So I, I'm so grateful for fellowship, for all your love towards us. Samuel, it's been our joy. Can can I hear an amen? It's been our it's been our joy to come alongside of your ministry, and um, I want to ask you. Um, we're kind of rounding towards the the end of our time here. How can we how can we as a church pray for you personally, specifically for you and your family? Would you allow me to first speak this yes. concerning Bethel Community Outreach? I have a vision. Mm. I'm looking at a vision for from 2022. Mm. I'm looking at a center, Bethel Learning Center, and a Christian Vocational Institute, at which when kids finish their primary section, they get into vocational skills so that they can help themselves, because there are no jobs in Uganda. But again, I want to make it a training center, like a discipleship center. When kids go through our hands, there will be Christ's witnesses, wherever they will be in their own villages, evangelizing their own villages. So we have a vision of building a complex that will host kids and be trained and be nurtured in Christ's way and we pass them out as disciples of Christ yet with the skills to go and help themselves. So pray about that. Then concerning my family, first of all, pray for my protection. I escaped the country when I sensed the danger. In December, the military hunted for me. 
I had to hide in the garden where we were working from. I hid in the garden in my maze for some days. And I wanted to come by then, told Pastor Terry, I think I should come and take refuge in the U.S. My life is in danger. God intervened and it ceased. But then recently, there was a master-minded plan to clear and clean off every creed and society so that the incumbent dictator may govern without anyone voicing. And I sneaked out of the country in June for my safety. But what followed later has been the death of many CEOs, pastors being massacred through an agent, which is poison. But I'm determined to go home in the next two weeks, pray for my protection and for my family. And if the Lord calls me home, don't forget my family. And secondly, pray for provisions. I've been a pastor for the last 18 years, but I've never received any support, you know. We work by faith, you know. We live by faith. and So pray for that as well. Amen. Yep. Amen. Thank you, brother. Lastly. Anything else you'd like to share? Yes. Lastly, uh, because of the need in my own African community, bringing the church to a level of growth and spiritual maturity, last year in the lockdown, I published a new book called Sonship. Sonship, somebody will say, Samuel, what about the daughtership? (laughs) Sonship has no gender. And actually the uh, scripture says that he chose us in him before the foundations of the world that we may be holy and blameless. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ. So this is a paramount message for the church today, bringing the church to a new dimension of fellowship with the Father. I just want to request you, I came with only 60 copies. You can grab them and support my uh, publication ministry at $10. This book will change your life and the way you think. So those will be available for people to purchase from you after the service. After the service. Wonderful. Can we thank Pastor Samuel for being with us today? Thank you, brother. Thank you so much, brother. You're thank you. Thank you. Worship team, come on back up. We're going to sing another song of worship this morning. I just want to let you know, church, as you've heard Pastor Samuel speak and the ongoing work that's happening in Masaka that we do have an established Uganda fund now here at Fellowship, and you can give to that at any time. Uh, That's available. Uh, 100% of the funding that goes into that fund is going to make it to Samuel's ministry in Uganda. So if that's something you would like to contribute to in the future, you're, you're certainly able to do that.